Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Football Social Daily. Premier League Review. Sergio Aguero, record breaker, 177 top flight goals, level with Frank Lampard and out on his own as the greatest overseas goal scorer in Premier League history. And his treble against Aston Villa means he takes the crown for the most hat-tricks in the Premier League too, with 12 that's ahead of Alan Shearer. This is Football Social Daily from Sports Social, the only daily Premier League podcast you can find. So hit subscribe and you'll never miss another show again. And we're also record breakers here on Football Social Daily. We are the number one podcast in Singapore. Get in there. Just in case anyone didn't know, we're number one in Singapore. We were number one in Cambodia. We've slipped to number five, so we need to try and get ourselves back up the standings. I'm Niall. Alongside me in the studio today, two big reds. We've got Jay Motti and our kid David Scott. Hello, lads. How you doing, mate? You okay? Very well. We've also got a big blue on the other side of the studio, as far away as you can possibly (laughs) get on the the end of the desk (laughs) from the two reds on the other side. It's Adam Keyworth. Hello, Adam. How are you? I'm fine. You just watched Sergio Aguero break a record. Another one. Another one. It was Another a good one. one, though. Good one to yeah, break. Yeah, we'll be talking about Sergio Aguero's record-breaking feat in the game against Aston Villa. But we're going to start by kicking off talking about Bournemouth against Watford. Bournemouth in dire straits. Watford out of the relegation zone for the first time this season. Pearson doing the business. Eddie Howe with plenty of work to do. I've got loads of stats. I'm ready to tear into Bournemouth because I think it's been a long time coming. <laughs> Eddie Howe, why has he never under any pressure. Managers in the Premier League now, every time you lose three or four games on the spin, the media gets on top of you. The supporters get on top of you. Things need to change at the football club. Bournemouth have won one in 11 Premier League games and nobody is asking any questions about Eddie Howe. Why? What do Bournemouth expect? He's almost invincible as a manager. I don't understand why no one's asking questions about him. Because that club has no ambition. and That is not even a dig. (laughs) What is their ambition? To well, stay afloat, really. We were talking off air, and you said they've got, what is the capacity? 12,000. Yeah. I mean, let's be realistic here. Being, know, in, the being in the Premier League, League is, is, is their is ambition. An achievement for them. Didn't they, get, they finished ninth once, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. So, so, that, so that is have, their problem. Probably that is their ambition. Yeah. Stay up. And this is the first time where they look a little bit ropey and 
they they could drop like a stone. But realistically, if they get rid of Howe, who do they bring in and what is their aim? Just keep them up. Uh, I don't know. It, it looks tired, though, at Bournemouth. They, they looked awful again today. You have to say Eddie Howe's done a really good job there because yeah. for me, growing up on the South Coast, I know Bournemouth has always been the little brother to Portsmouth and Southampton. It's always been the League One club, the the sort of the, the club you keep an eye out for and you think, oh, Bournemouth are doing all right, Cherries are doing all right. And then all of a sudden, Eddie Howe takes them from what was pretty much the pits of League One up to the Championship, into the Premier League, and then they're competing in the Premier League and staying afloat. I've tipped him to go down for the last four seasons in a row that they've been in the Premier League. <laughs> and they right? Okay, so that's the thing. And, and you know, he has done a good job, Eddie Howe, but is there a case, Dave, of a manager being at a club for too long that his ideas are tired, his philosophies become lost in the wash? Is there a danger of that of having happened with Bournemouth? Yeah, I, I think so. You become a bit predictable and obviously he's not made massive changes in the personnel and the team. So they'll have heard the same tropes week in, week out when they're coming off the pitch or we'll do better next week. But the, to be honest, they're not that far off. I mean, you know, if they win one game, then they they overtake Watford again, and they're only a point behind Burnley. So, you know, I know, I know that you're, you're tipping them again for the fifth consecutive year to go down, <laughs> but they, I, I'm not too sure if it'll happen. Uh, and I was reading before I came in that he's got a great relationship with the is it Rus- Russian owners, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Mr. Maxim, I think his name is. Mr. Yeah. Maxim, and um, he's got a great relationship with him. But yeah, the Bournemouth have been punching above their weight for a, for, for a hell of a long time. Um, but yes, the staying afloat is always the objective. I think if they were to get rid of him, Eddie Howe would probably go on to a bigger club than Bournemouth. Whether Bournemouth, if they do go down, I don't know if they'd come back up without Eddie Howe. Yeah, I think I think that's the case. If they get rid of him and then go down, they're in a really precarious position because as the size of the club, and it's not even any disrespect towards them and the fans, they are quite a small, small club. And it's unusual that they'd have stayed in the Premier League this long and he's kept yeah. them in. And they've played some good football over the years, but they concede so many goals. And they've won five this year Yeah, out of 22. That's the second worst. Only Norwich have won less games. So mm. they they can't win games. And I think you said off air, they conceded 300 yeah. goals in the Premier League. That's right. They've it's conceded outrageous. 300 goals. They lost 3-0 to Watford today. So that's the 300th goal that they've conceded in four and a half years in the Premier League since they got promoted in 2015. In that time, that is more goals conceded than anyone else. They conceded 67 in their first two seasons, 61 in their third season, and last season they conceded 70 goals, which was only worsened by Fulham and Huddersfield, the two bottom teams in the Premier League table, and yet they still managed to finish 14th. So are there cracks being papered over there, Jay, do you think, at Bournemouth? Yeah, definitely. I mean, those statistics you've just read out are pretty dreadful. Um, there's no denying that. I think this season, as Keezy was just saying, and you look at the sort of for and against, I mean, they've scored 20 goals this season, which isn't great, but... Crystal Palace, I think, in ninth, have, have scored the same. Yeah. So it's just defensive problems again, you know. And as Scott was saying, they've not had major, massive changes, but was it Mings that went yeah, in yeah, the summer? Yeah. Big loss. So that is a big loss because he's a not just a good player, but he's a bit of a character as well. And he's someone that mm. sort of, you know, can, can help organise the defence, someone that other players will probably feel more confident having him around. And it's very fine margins when you get to that sort of bottom half of the table. One player in or out can make a massive difference. And... This will sound really silly, but I'll say it anyway because it's totally different levels. But like Van Dyke leaving South for Southampton, obviously he's a lot better than mm. Tyrone Mings. I'm not saying he isn't, but you know we saw the effect that had as soon as he left. Mm. They were almost in free fall mm. immediately, and it was only the sort of recently they turned that around. And you wonder that whether that's had a similar sort of effect on both. He's one or two players, and you might not think, oh, it's not that big a loss, but to a small club with a small squad, yeah, that can make a massive difference to them. And you can see it now. 
you know, I'm, I'm, what's it? What, what's the points total? You said was it four points out of the last possible thirty three? Yeah, four Which, points out. of 33 I mean, that's as, as relegation fodder as you can get. Is Eddie Howe the right man to turn it around? I've always said on this show that I think he is. I think that he's that I've, I'd have confidence if I was a Bournemouth fan that they can stay up because they've got Eddie Howe. But I think, as the other lads were saying, even if they do go down, I think they should do what teams never do and maybe stick with him because he did well to get them up. This so could be their most important ever season. If they go down and then they lose Aki, both Wilsons, yeah, they're not they them. lose King, yeah. they lose Fraser, they lose Brooks. Well, they've got a new training ground on the way. Which so is good. That's good for them and they're sort of building the infrastructure around the club. They're going to want to in- invest in a stadium because, like you say, 12,000 yeah. is not Premier League standard in terms of capacity. But we talk about the squad. You mentioned Ake, you mentioned Wilson, mm. Callum Wilson, Harry Wilson. You mentioned Brooks is a good player. Fraser um, King. Fraser King, Lerma possibly. Mm. The rest of those players, a lot of them have been there since the League One days. Daniels, and, and, Smith, and, and Yeah, and Howe's been very loyal to those players. Sermon, still there. They're all players that it, have come up and progressed with the club. Was that always going to be, you know, have an expiry date on it? Were that, those players always going to be past romance? their best at some point? Is it just the, the romance of it? Of these players were in League One with us. There's got to be a point where you go, they're just not good enough. Mm. They're not going to keep us up. But I wonder if it's just, and maybe that's the thing that how why there's nobody after how, because it's like, well, he's got them there, but that was four years ago now, and you have to evolve. And there's another team we'll talk about in a bit who just almost just don't want mm. to evolve. Mm. They're just stuck in the ways. So yeah. Yeah. it's important though that they do stay up. And I I do think there are worse teams about, but. The the so-called worst teams about are winning games, and Bournemouth can't win games. Southampton are in games, Watford are winning games, Villa are winning the odd game, so they're, they're in massive, massive trouble. That's a huge point, actually, because we, we were talking before about teams that uh, in seasons gone by, I think you mentioned Huddersfield and Fulham, that, that, but when but Bournemouth have stayed up, there have been teams that have been god-awful, and, yeah. you, and you knew from day one that they were going down, and now because you are going up to maybe what Newcastle in 13, that anyone could have maybe 14 could, 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 could go down, so they, they are in a real dogfight. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, and I think we, we mentioned, I think you were referring to another team there, yeah. I mean, the, the two managers that I kind of put side by side, which is interesting because they have two completely different styles of play, are Eddie Howe and Sean Dyche. Because I just think I can't envisage them managing any other club in the Premier League because they're good at what they're good at. They know what their resources are. They've both been at respective clubs for what seems like an eternity. So they're kind of not stuck in their ways, but they, they know what their parameters are within their certain clubs. And it's hard to imagine them outside of that bracket. Yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, I don't know. Eddie, I was at Burnley, won he for a little while. Yeah, and a didn't, season, didn't, then he came yeah, back didn't, to Bournemouth. Didn't work out. I wonder with him as well, you talk about Bournemouth's ambition. What's his ambition? Is That's he, true. Is he not thinking? Could he not if, have if left I, last yeah, year? Yeah, when I mean, yeah, they've had some successful seasons where people have yeah. been like really sort of surprised at, at what they've achieved. You know, top half of the table and things like that. And he's a popular manager. The, the media mm. always give him um, a lot of praise and deservedly so. And he, he comes across well as well when in interviews. He's, he's a young, progressive type of manager. And you think, okay, I mean, a few years ago, a couple of years ago, I think it was a bit chunk song and cheat. One of the papers was linking him with the United job, which I was like, he's always linked to Everton. Arsenal, 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 yeah. So, top six clubs, though, and you think it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility if one of those top six clubs had taken a punt on him. So I wonder with him, like, where does where does he see his career pan out? Does he see him just yeah. staying at Bournemouth for the next twenty well, years? He was a, he was keep a club, him in the Premier League. He was a club legend as a player at Bournemouth. He's mm-hmm. obviously a legend as a manager. I mean, 
there must be a reason that no clubs have either A, gone in for him or, or B, he's not been tempted to leave. Because like I said before, and you mentioned four points out of a possible 33 and there is no pressure from the media whatsoever no. on Eddie Howe. Not Eddie Howe needs a win, otherwise yeah. he's going to be sacked. Not Eddie Howe needs to turn things around, otherwise he'll lose his job. There's absolutely none of this. What we've seen on Marco Silva at Everton this season, Javi Grazia at mm. Watford this season, we've seen it at Manuel Pellegrini at West Ham this season. All three teams in a very similar position to Bournemouth. Bournemouth are in an equally bad position, and yet there's no pressure on Howe. It just, I just don't understand I, it. I think it actually comes from them thinking about next season as well. Like we've already said, if the worst happens, can anybody else get them up at the moment? Who's available that they're going to go for? And I don't think, and I hope not, I, I don't know much about them as a club, but I hope they wouldn't go down the Allardyce route or the, you know, the tried and tested and through the wash managers that we've seen. So I think they're in a weird position, but you are right. Any other club loses mm. that many games in, in 11 and you're gone. Nine out of 12 are, games they've lost. Yeah, you're gone. Mm. Uh, any other manager just, just goes. And I don't think they've got the players Are they too comfortable? To are they too comfortable? If the manager's not under pressure and nobody's even talking about them. Is, oh, is Howe's message got lost? They always played attractive football, yeah. Bournemouth. Has his message kind of been lost in the fact that he's been there for so long? Okay. They've kind of taken it for granted that, oh, we'll stay up this year. You know, yeah. that's such a dangerous thing to do. Anyway, we can stop talking about Watford now and let's focus more on their opponents. Watford, who travelled to the South Coast and won by three goals to nil, which at the start of December looked almost in, impossible that they would ever go to any team and win 3-0. But Nigel Pearson's gone in there. Yes, um, He's done a great <laughs> job so far, Nigel Pearson. And although he's not got the most fond of admirers around the country, you have to give him credit for the job he's, he's done. He's won 11 games in the last 15 He's he's been in charge of in the Premier League. Obviously, that includes his mad run with Leicester. But I got pillared uh, after we did a show right at the start of the season when the brought Grazia back in. Mm. That was right. No, they brought Flor- Flores back in. Yeah, Kike, back they in. sat Grazia so and brought They, they brought him Flores. in and I said, well, what what do Watford fans want out of this season? And all the Watford fans going, yeah, but he was rubbish. And But it's like, what, what was Flores ever going to do to that club that he didn't do the first time? And what Pearson's come in and done is, he's not, he's not a sexy name. He's not like a, an exotic type of manager who's known for playing really good football. He's come in, mm. he's got them playing football they look like they care, yeah. which is a massive thing. And he's tactically changed things and it's working. Yeah. They're winning more games than they're not winning now. Mm. And it's that might be what a Bournemouth needs. Yeah. They might need someone who, not who is tried and tested. Because I don't think Pearson's been at that many clubs at the top, has he? Not in the not top. In the no, no, no. no, no. And he, but he gets the job done. Yeah, I, and, think, yeah, I think it's that. I saw an interview before with Ben Foster and he said, when he first came in the dressing room, Nigel Pearson, I think it might have been the, it might have even been the Palace game when yeah. he wasn't actually the official manager; he'd just been announced. Oh, but yeah. he hadn't taken over. He just came in to introduce himself, and he said he had that authority yeah. straight away. Mm. And it was like, you know, this is what we're going to do. You know, I need you guys to do as I say, sort of mm. thing. And I think that's maybe been a bit lacking. Maybe yeah. they've had managers who've been a bit more sort of arm round the soft shoulder and yeah. oh, don't worry sure. about it. We might have just been. At- hammered but it's okay it's yeah. the old we'll rocket it, yeah. and sometimes you need a manager like that to say listen this isn't good enough you need to raise your game or you, we're going to get rid of you and you couple that with Troy Deeney coming back into the side mm-hmm. which is massive yeah. for Watford yeah. because not only does he get your goals but he's also the, their leader he is yeah. their, their leader on the pitch yeah. and someone that the other players sort of can believe in and, and he, look up he's to he's got two very good wingers playing yeah. good football Delafeo yeah. and Saar yeah. yeah. Saar's improved massively and, yeah definitely Pearson. and Niall said before we came on air about Decore and he's the big he's the big change he's playing him further forward 
He's scoring goals, he's getting assists, and he looks like the player that, to be fair, he, he looked he looked really good a couple of years ago. Mm. But he's becoming that player again, and I think they'll be all right now. There, mm. There's still a long way for them to go. But if you'd have said two months ago that Watford wouldn't be second bottom in the table, I, I wrote them the off. The I'll hold my hand I thought up they were gone. Yeah, yeah, no, I was yeah. the same. I was saying I completely nonsense. wrote them off. And I mean, you mentioned Deeney there. He won man of the match, scored a goal, and and when asked after the game about what Pearson's changed, he said, "Well, Pearson's just he doesn't want to do him a disservice, but he's just scaled the tactics back a bit. Yeah. It's not too overcomplicated. It's just here are the basics, here are what I want you to do, and then they go out and do it, and it seems to have worked." It, it was never a problem of the personnel. I don't think that put Watford in the in the in the situation throughout the season. It definitely was a case of the tactics, and the, I think when they were trying a bit too much. Fancy football, and you're not going to get that out of certain players. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Nigel Pearson and Troy Deeney obviously uh, complement each other in what they both work out of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, Pearson's gone in and he's worked wonders, and they've, they've definitely got a better squad than the, than the teams below them. And um, I can imagine kicking on. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you have to say that Watford to score three goals against the relegation rival it just showed the difference in desire between the two teams. One team wanted it, one team, I don't want to say Bournemouth rolled over, but that's exactly what it looked like to me. Um, Watford, Watford had desire, and you know, like you say, Bournemouth looked like they down tools. Yeah, I, I think there are in Watford's favour, like like you said before, that there are worse teams, or it looks like there'll be worse teams because they they've not won these games for no reason. It's not it's not an accident that they're picking up so many points, and they've come into form at the right time as well. You just want this period where, and we'll we'll come on to Southampton. Southampton have come into form and almost made themselves safe already. And if Watford can win three more games, they'll be fine. So, yeah, yeah, just, I'm, just, I'm impressed. Just going back to, to Bournemouth, if you look at the relegation battle there, next few games, they've got Norwich away. Yeah, massive. Massive. They've got Villa after mm. that, and then they've got Burnley after that. So, you know, by, by them three games, if they, if they don't pick any points uh, throughout them, then you've got to say that they, it's looking They probably need two wins. Yeah, well, if it, against the rivals, they've, yeah, they've, yeah. They've, they've definitely got to be looking at the Villa and Norwich games. They've got, they've got to be winning both, both of them games, but... Yeah, pressure. Definitely. But that's, no, not, that, that's the thing, he might not be under yeah. pressure though, is it? <laughs> is that, Eddie Howe, he's never under yeah. pressure. It's such a weird scenario because you can't get rid of your manager but before like, those three games. Are you in a relationship? Yeah. Right, how long have you been with your missus? Too long. Right, okay. So, so when, when you're with her... <laughs> same you're, as Bournemouth. Right, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm the same. And you yeah, as well, yeah. Jane. And yeah. Jay, I've known you for, what, no, 15 years. And you, you and I, we both used to be slimmer characters. We found, <laughs> our, we found our partners. And what happened is we, got, com- we got comfortable and safer. And we don't make as much effort um, anymore because we've already got what we wanted to achieve. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we're, both, we're both free kids, in, aren't we? So yeah, we've got, you know what I mean? That's it now. That's it. We reached the promised land. <laughs> yeah, Keezy, if you ever, ever want any encouragement about whether to get married or not, just Jones. listen to these two, Jones. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unreal. Unbelievable. How, do you know what, though? How have we gone from Bournemouth and Watford it, it to makes... these two being overweight? I don't know how we've managed that. Mate, do you know what? Um... It makes so much sense, though, because that is what Bournemouth have done. Yeah. They've, they've like... They've settled. They've stuck through the misses. Through I like to say, I think it's my missus that's settled. Oh, yeah, but, <laughs> no, I'm just going to put that disclaimer they've, in there before they've, they've I got, get the phone call. They've got what they want. They've got what they want. And now they've gone. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. it. Unbuckle yeah. the top oh, belt yeah. and watch the team. And that's what we said before. <laughs> what is yeah. their ambition? Yeah. yeah maybe that's, that's what it is. Does that make what? Married life and three kids. That that's make, what Bournemouth want. Does that make what for the then for keep changing managers every two seconds? Because they've changed, what is it, 10 managers, 12 managers in 10 years? But this is the first one. They're just trying to find the right one. Not the first one, but the one that you can sort of see maybe the most that yeah. makes sense as long as it be because Asian like yeah yeah <laughs> but you can see why they did it because he's performed a miracle before as we yeah. all mentioned at Leicester um he isn't part of the through the wash managers as mm. Keezy said yeah. of, of 
you know, your Pardews, your Pulises, your mm. uh, Mark Hughes and all, yeah. all the usual suspects. So he's a little bit different. Um, and he's also, as we've, we've spoken about, got that authority that, mm. that's needed there because some of these players, they're not kids. No. They're not mm. shrinking violets. They've been around for a, a few years. Mm. You know, likes of Andre Gray, likes of Welbeck, Cleverly, mm. um, Deeney, obviously. So you need someone who's going to come in, foster, and make them do as they're told almost. Mm. And, mm. and he can obviously do that. Yeah, I mean, he's the ugliest of the bunch, isn't he, Nigel Pearson? But he's getting the job done. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's his face. I know, I know. <laughs> you know, he's, he might call me an emu or something like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Watford out of the relegation zone, up into 17th for the first time since Friday the 9th of August, which was the first ball that was kicked in the Premier League this season. Okay. So well done to them. I'm beating him five. They've got Tottenham up next. Bad news for Bournemouth, though. They slipped to 19th. On 20 points, they are two points from safety. And their next games, as David rightly points out, Norwich, Aston Villa and Burnley. Right then, let's continue with the relegation chat and move on to move on to a side that are now up to 12th in the Premier League after Danny Ings did the business for them again. Four wins in their last five Premier League games, the other being a draw. They face Wolves next up. But it was their game against Leicester City where they almost avenged their 9-0 hammering back in October earlier on in the season. I'm talking, of course, about Southampton. <laughs> and as we say, Ralph Hasenhurtl and Danny Ings, the two people really that spring to mind when you think about a, a Saints resurgence. Those two, particularly Ings, have done such a good job to ensure that the club have kind of dragged themselves away from that bottom three. You won't you won't uh, like this, but <laughs> I've, I've got a lot of time for both the manager and that set of players because getting beat 9-0 at home by anyone um, is ruinous for... it. Could That could proper, properly ruin a team and the manager. And what they've done since then is outrageous. It's not like they've they've come back and said, right, we need to dig in and fight and defend. They've just come out and won games and they've not just beaten who's around them. They've beaten, the last three games, they've beaten Spurs. Um, they won in the FA Cup and then they beat Leicester away. It's it's not like they're, they're just beating who's around them. They're beating some of the best teams in the country. Yeah, they beat Chelsea and on Boxing Day as well. They beat Leicester comfortably. And Leicester, are, we'll get to Leicester, they're, they're in a bit of a sticky patch. But, I'm so impressed by the whole the whole setup there that they didn't just go, well, maybe it's not working with this manager, which some clubs might have done. They may have panicked and thought, oh, we're, we're struggling here. And if, if that's happened, what could happen next? And instead, they've dragged themselves right out of it. And they're probably, they probably need two wins in the next 16 games to stay up, which is quite the achievement. And mm. it does help that you've got, a Danny Ings who scored 14 goals. I still think the 40 points mark should be the target regardless of yeah, how tight yeah, yeah. it is down the bottom yeah. because it's always good to have a target. I don't think you can rest on your laurels in the Premier yeah. League as we've seen through the state of the bottom three this season so far. But, I mean, you mentioned him, Keezy. I think Danny Ings is... Yeah. And they've got some other good players. Did, did anyone see that coming with Danny no. Ings? Being honest, oh. honest, honestly now. Who was did? it 14 out of 22? I'll put my hands up and say it's I mean, been one of the worst days of supporting my football club. I'm a Pompey fan. We played them. I don't even like talking about them on this show, but I have to because it's my job. But um, professional, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Honourable of him. We, we, we played them in the Carabao Cup and lost four 0 And Danny Ings scored twice. And I know we're a League One club, um, and the quality was there to see. I mean, the difference in quality was there to see. But there was just something about that night at Fratton Park where he scored two goals, and he just felt that that gave him a kick up the arse that he needed. Yeah. It gave him something. And ever since that moment, he's kind of gone on a run. Um, he's got he's some good players behind him. Of goals. But yeah, you know, I don't think they are that good. I just think I genuinely, I genuinely wonder. And this is going to make me sound like a what they say, a bitter, bitter Pompey fan or whatever. But <laughs> if Danny Ings get in, gets injured, I genuinely wonder 
How I think they're fine do. now. I really do think they'll... I wonder how they will get on, because I don't think Redmond's yeah. as good as people say. Long. I, I don't think yeah. this Long is as good as people say. I think that they have a real problem with goals. If Danny Ings mm. got injured, how much trouble would they be in? I think that's a genuine or question. Or would have been in if sure. he hadn't got well, his sure. goals. One thing that impressed me with Southampton is, yeah, like Keezy said, they stuck with the manager when he got battered, but was it you that played him after the 9-0? Yeah, and, yeah. The, and the, it was a late really, winner, really wasn't well. it? Because yeah, they were yeah. winning, weren't they, Southampton? Yeah, yeah. And you thought, they've just been beaten 9-0 at home by Leicester. And then they, then they go to uh, the Etihad, and yeah. you think, this could be like 10-0. And, but that showed they had belief in that manager. Mm. The players were still playing for him, regardless of the fact... They didn't know, give up. No, they hadn't given up. And they've still got enough quality there, just about, I think, to to get themselves out of trouble. And, and yes, I, I'm... I mean, I don't know a hell of a lot of, about Southampton. I do think they would struggle if you took Danny Ings out of that team. I think he's been a massive part of their success. But sometimes, you know, you need someone like that and it, it doesn't matter if he'll stay fit, then you're okay. Like, you know, Jamie yeah. Vardy at Leicester, for example, when he was mm. banging in goals mm. for them, mm. as long as he's fit, they're winning and he, he, he kept himself fit. Danny Ings as well, although he, you know, I don't like to give anyone praise who played for Liverpool Football Club. Give him credit, he had a horrendous injury, has come back from it. And at the age of what, twenty seven, still a chance for him to get into the England, uh, yeah, he's... England setup, and and it's it is a sort of a, a nice story, for want of a better word, the fact I, that I he's heard come, he's a United come... fan actually, Danny Ings, is it? Which is a surprise wow, for him to have signed for Liverpool. Was it Rogers well? To be fair, he did. I don't. I don't think he scored many goals for Liverpool, so yeah, that, that's probably why. I think Klopp signed him for Liverpool. You know, oh. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. Anyway, Danny Ings doing a great job. Uh, as for their opponents, Leicester City. Like they say, in October they would have been laughing. Well, they would definitely were laughing when they smashed Southampton by nine goals to nil. Um, but things have just started to take a little bit of a turn, as you mentioned. S- since the since they came to our place, and I don't say that that we've started the run. We beat them, then Liverpool beat them, and then I I was at the game they played um, in the week against Villa in the, home Carabao in the Cup, Cup. Mm. and they put out basically a full team, uh, which is great. But they did that to win the game and kill the tie off. And they couldn't. They just they just couldn't score. They had so many chances. They were wasteful. They looked frustrated. They looked like they're frustrated at the moment. And they didn't look very good against Southampton. I was I was watching it because I had a bet on and I needed Leicester to win. <laughs> um, but I was watching it and Southampton had chances to make it three. Mm. Well, um, we we knew Leicester had a tough Christmas. They yeah. had Manchester City and Liverpool in consecutive games. Everyone was saying, well, you know, if they were going to be title contenders, they would need to get through those yeah. two games. And they. They did. They, they, they played them, but it wasn't. Let's be honest. They were never title contenders, and I think it's it's partly our own fault that they went on that really good run and won so many games. I was going, oh my god, they're going to keep this up. They're going to end up. No, nobody expected that this season. But the two and games, the, City and Liverpool, yeah, that yeah. showed. To, to be class. fair though, to Keezy, I know where you're coming from, Keezy, but they drew in Norwich, didn't they? Before, yeah, they, yeah. at home, before, yeah, they, before yeah, you was, beat yeah, them, which yeah. was considering that this was around the time people were saying, oh, hang on a minute, maybe Leicester have got a title shot yeah. to drop points at home to Norwich. Who mm. and are pretty much you know doomed. Down. Yeah. Um, sort of showed that they still had a long way to go to be sort of challenging at the very top. And then since then, obviously lost heavily to Liverpool yeah. at home, lost to City. They beat, they beat West Ham and, and Newcastle, but and then losing to Southampton they, as well. It's they not, weren't title yeah, challengers, and if they finish top four, it's been an exceptional season. Mm. And they, I don't think any of the fans ever thought, even five games ago when they'd won the last ten or whatever it was, that. We're going to have a shot at the title. Liverpool are so far away. Is this when they need to capitalise, though, and make sure they get through the Aston Villa second leg of the semi-final, get the, to a cup final yeah. at Wembley, play one of the Manchester clubs yeah. and, and give themselves they've a, got shot a shot at silverware? Yeah. yeah, they've got a shot at a that, trophy. That would be a great play. season. Very not? diplomatic of you to say that, by the way. Well, play I, one of the Manchester clubs. I'll, like, I'll even say it. Who's the one he's on about? 
like that tie still going on. Uh, yeah. I predicted Bournemouth to go down for the last five uh, seasons. Yeah. Still I wonder there. who it could so be. If, uh, if, they finish, to play for. if they want to finish top four, they need to win the next two games. They've, they've got Burnley away and West Ham at home because after that they've got Chelsea, Wolves and City back to back. And those three games, the like if they win all three of them fair play, they will 100% finish top four. But they have to beat Burnley and West Ham to, yeah. to keep themselves in there because United mm. are fighting back well. Chelsea is still winning games. It's going to get tight yeah. around third and fourth. Yeah. And if Wolves are playing well. Sheffield United are still playing Leicester well. Leicester are back in third now. Yeah. Um, been second for weeks and weeks. And they're only six points ahead of Chelsea and United. Leicester have already Leicester have already done yeah. more than anyone would expect yeah. at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Rodgers did well when he took over last season, but I think they played nine games since the 14th of December, and they just haven't got that 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 strength in depth. No, no. Uh, and as a United fan, I do hope that we can sort of capitalise and mm. could see them dipping because I don't really see them going into the transfer market really unless it's. Do you reckon no. there's rumours about if Madison move might have might have not well. Yeah. Um, Brendan Rodgers has said that categorically, these are his words. Categorically, no one will leave Leicester City in yeah. January. There's I mean, no way they're letting anyone go. No, that'd be madness. So Yunchu is being linked with moves away. Chilwell being linked with moves to all sorts of clubs. Obviously, Madison being linked yeah. to Manchester United, as you mentioned. Um, what I would say, though, is I think what's been a big miss for them is Ndidi. Since he's been injured, yeah, yeah, they've really shot. gone downhill, yeah, yeah. and he's been so key for Very them. Um, but Madison is a, is a good player. Every time he gets the ball, you feel like something's going to happen. Yeah. And I think that that's the sort of player Manchester United probably would need, but I don't think they'll sell him in January. You were spot on with, I don't know who said that, I can't remember. If Danny Ings plays and scores, they win. Same with Leicester and Vardy. He's yeah. not scored for a couple of weeks. He's been, out, he's been out, his wife had a baby, yeah. he's had a calf injury, he's missed a few games. And that does change things when you're a goal scorer, and they do rely on him yeah. oh, quite massively, heavily. Massively. If he doesn't score, they need to find goals from elsewhere. Ian Acho's come on and scored a few goals. Mm. Madison chips in now and again, but they don't really have that second attacker who's also going to get that same amount of goals, and that's the difference between them and being a Liverpool or a City where mm. they've got so many options who are going to score double figures. They don't quite have that, but like you say, if they finish top four, it's been. Do you think they will? Help. Then they're, they're six points clear of Chelsea if in fourth. They... They're nine points clear of Manchester United in fifth. They have lost three of their last five games, but next up they got Burnley. I, I think yes, with finish. a yes, think, with a caveat. I think they'll finish in the Champions League. Yes, <laughs> if they keep the players fit, because if Vardy gets injured or Madison gets injured or they lose Soyuncu at the back, they don't really have the depth to I, deal you know, with it. Do you know what I think? I see, I think. Yes, but my caveat would be unless, and it's a massive unless because it doesn't look like it's happening, Jose really gets his act together at Spurs. That's also true. I still think, I still yeah, think yeah. Spurs have got the players to finish top four and I think Chelsea can finish top four and it pains me to say it, I think it's a struggle for United to do it. I think United I can. Think, I, think, I, I think they can, I just don't yeah. think it'll happen. But I think if Jose, and he hasn't done it recently, admittedly, but if he was to mm. get his act together and get a tune out of them players, then they could get crashed to top four. We're in a position, and we'll talk about this more, I imagine, but... The the league's weird this year. Mm. It's already won. Yeah, City are going to finish second. the The most exciting parts are who's going to get third and fourth, and who's going down. The middle will just work itself out because nobody like no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody all, cares. All the teams. Sorry to all you are how it's fans that are listening. Eight clubs that are fighting for that. All the teams between eighth and sixteenth. Spoken well, like a true city he, fan. He, there, he's eh? written off two thirds hey. of the Premier League yeah, yeah, in one hey. season oh, because Jesus. because Palace, that. Arsenal, Everton, <laughs> New maybe Newcastle, Wolves, Sheffield United. None of them are going down. None of them are finishing top four. There'll be a little battle for the 
That's the, the same every seven. year. That's the same happens every year. Yeah. Certain amount of teams don't go down, and certain amount of teams Nor- finish up. Norwich are going down. <laughs> Liverpool have won the league. City are finishing second. I see what you mean. I do Third and fourth mean. is the most exciting part of the rest of the season. I see what you mean. For, yeah. No, for, I agree. And uh, to be fair, yeah, I mean, it's, that's what's exciting. It's almost, but it, it reminds me of a couple of seasons ago when yeah, you won yeah, the league. Yeah. You, you know, with nineteen points clear, United yeah. were never really in a title race whatsoever. It was just and the rest it, of it. Yeah, it was it? like who's going to finish in the top four and, and what was but, going on there, and who's going to get relegated. Do you know what this this could be good for though this season? I, I may have written off all of those clubs, but any one of those clubs can finish top seven. Anyone from from third down to probably tenth, eleventh could finish in the top seven. So there might be an opportunity for. Uh, an Everton, dare I say it. Uh, a Palace, probably not. But there's a chance there because the points difference, it's three points between 12th and 7th. So this... well, Southampton are now level on points with Arsenal in 10th. Unreal. So, you know, I mean, this league is so, so tight at It's the a moment. weird one this um, year. But I think you're right about the, the, the title race, if you can even yeah. call it a race now. It's and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But let's move on to Manchester City. Uh, their away trip to Villa Park to take on Aston Villa. It finished Aston Villa 1, Manchester City 6. And we saw records broken. Sergio Aguero scored to level the record with Thierry Henry with 175 goals to make him the joint top overseas Premier League goal scorer of all time. He then scored again and again after that to eclipse the record and tie himself up with Frank Lampard in the Premier League all-time goals list. In doing so, scored a hat-trick and made himself the highest hat-trick score in Premier League history with 12, overtaking Alan Shearer's 11. So in the space of one evening in Birmingham, he's broken all sorts of records. How good is Aguero? I want to try and compare him to Omri, not in terms of position, but in terms of how they'll be remembered. Mm. I think this is a debate that's been going on on Twitter and will continue on into the night. I think personally, Sergio Aguero, I would rather have him in my team, but I think... Henri will be better remembered over the course of history. Firstly, firstly, you've just rubbed a bit more salt in the wounds by saying, we'll talk about the title race later, now on to Manchester City. But, um, <laughs> You're he, 14 points behind. I don't think, as a City fan... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. I don't need reminding. I've got the Premier League table in front of me. <laughs> Doesn't make for great reading. Um, I think I'll never see a player for City like him. Uh, Is he the greatest? Is he overtaken Silver? With that, with that one performance this afternoon, no, it's not even with that. Scoring a hat trick, has he overtaken David Silva? It's, it's, it's not that. <laughs> what about Colin, not that Bell? Yeah, Colin Bell? Got oh, a yeah. stand named after him. I used to go and see him a lot in the seventies. Yeah, um, exactly. No, Aguero <laughs> is, and and the fact that we're still having to try and qualify him as one of the all-time greats is almost what I really like about him. He still manages to go under the radar. Never been in a team of the year or whatever it was. Um, never won a player of the year or whatever. He, he, when we won the league against QPR, he scored more than 25 goals and didn't win player of the year. He didn't win young player of the year. Kyle Walker did. He's just one of those players that he's still going to get 20 goals a season. He always would. He, Pep said he'll be scoring goals till he dies. He's just the ultimate goal scorer. We saw today, every time he got a chance now, he'll go, goal. You just... You just back him anytime he's he's got a shot off, and he's missed nearly two full seasons. That's the crazy thing. He in, always seems to eight. have Christmas yeah. off. He's always injured. He's now he's done his knee twice. His, he's out on his own as the best overseas goal scorer in Premier League history, and he's got the best goals per minute ratio he's, in Premier League history. Yeah, I mean, it's, and that's with one hundred and seventy-seven. It, it's just scary to think what he could have done if he was fit the whole time. I mean, I think yeah. I think he will get to the two hundred mark in the next two years, which would put him top three of all time, and I don't. Th- 
if he beats Rooney, then it, it would take a miracle over the next two years, 208. It might be a bit far, mm-hmm. but it depends if he stays for another couple of years. He, he'll be here this year and next year, and then you'll probably see where his fitness is at, who the manager is at the time, and all that goes alongside it. But he's he's an icon for, for the Premier League, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think if if you put together now a Premier League all-time team, he's... He's going to be up there for, yeah, for most people's striker, but he Omri will be remembered for beautiful goals. He was a more elegant, and, attractive footballer. And he was one of the Sergio first Aguero. of that that ilk. Is in the Sergio Premier Aguero League. a dying breed now, though? Just a conventional number nine because he's just not a goal scorer. He's not. He can't play off the left. He can't play off the right. He is a number nine. He is a striker. Mm. Something which Pep Guardiola and him didn't really see eye to eye over when he first arrived at Manchester City. Pep Guardiola, that is. Yeah. Um, there was rumours about Aguero being shipped out. I mean, mm. we don't. You don't really see that he's, anymore. If you're a striker now, you kind of have to play in all three of those front three he positions. Just, he scores goals, and he's evolved under three managers: Mancini, Pellegrini, and Pep. And he's the one who's just lasted the longest. Mm. Mm. And that's because he's the most reliable striker that Premier League's ever seen. Let's spear so. it to these two then. These two Reds over here, which might be difficult to try and get a spin on it from you guys. You've had some world-class strikers at Old Trafford. I remember watching Rude Van Nistelrooy and thinking, "How the hell would you score goals like that?" Are you looking with envy over at Manchester City and thinking they're the sort of players that we should have back at United nowadays? Because you've seen goal scorers like that at your club before, but the, the sheer longevity of Aguero, despite the fact he's had the injuries and he's always seems to be in the right spot, scoring goals, positioning, the movement's good. Is that kind of a, a bit of pill to swallow to see it happening down the road or did you just hold your hands up and say, rivals, rivals or not, he's a good player? No, he's phenomenal. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's, it's envy. I mean, obviously, Sergio Aguero's caused a lot of heartache. We don't need to go into that for, for United fans. But, you sure? Yeah, <laughs> but it's like it's like Keezy said, you know, about is he is he a little bit underrated? And I think in many ways he is because for me, a striker, especially an out and out striker like Sergio Aguero is, his job is to score goals, and he scores lots and lots of goals. And he and unlike Henri, who could often be accused of going missing, especially in finals, cup finals, um, Aguero turns up for the big games as as again as a United fan. I know only too well, so I don't think um, I don't think perhaps he does get quite the credit he deserves. And I think as well. For me, a player like Sergio Aguero, he's been at City for what nine years now. Is it Keezer? The same they, amount of they, time as Phil Jones, both they, signed they, on the same day. They've won <laughs> exactly. <laughs> both, but this is my point. They both got the same amount of Champions Leagues, <laughs> and I think no, honestly, I think a player like that should be winning Europe's top prize. He I've, should. I think you're in right. a club, a team like Manchester City, you've had during that nine-year period, have had some probably two amazing teams yeah. with a manager who's arguably the best manager on the planet. You've got a goal scorer who's, who we've just all argued is one of the best, if not yeah. the best strikers the Premier League's ever seen. Yes. So why are you not winning the Champions League? I'm not, I'm not saying no. they won't this season. Really good point. Really I, I just think point. they should be. He should. He's that good that when he retires or when he moves on from Manchester City, he should have a Champions League winner's medal. Really Same with David Silva. Yeah. yeah, no, that's, that's, that's not me that trying both... to be funny as United fans. No, 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 I, think, it's I think it's an extremely yeah. valid point and a very City accurate fan, point. City fans would agree that that's the one that those two players are missing. If David Silva wins that, he's won everything. So that that's the one that's missing. Just with longevity over the last few years 23 goals and then he had two seasons when he was injured got 12 and 17 26 24 20 21 21 and he's on 13 this year so he's going to break 20 again and and he's just had a month off over christmas mad 16 he's games a, hell, a season, 13 goals. He's, he's, a, he's a hell of a He's the closest isn't he? thing to like, Rude Van Nistelrooy that we have. Had, he's uh, a similar uh, finisher. Yeah, 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 you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I, I, I think you're right now wow. in, the, in, in wow. that them strikers don't exist anymore. That, but he's like, okay. uh, to compare him to, to Armory, Armory was more silky with the, with the skills and yeah. stuff. But 
Aguero's just a machine. He's quite, yeah. you know, like like, a, like an Audi or a, you know, like a German, like a Volvo. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He, he talks about it. damning with faint praise. Yeah, he's like he a Volvo. He breaks, <laughs> you know, he breaks down <laughs> occasionally, <laughs> but yeah. sometimes yeah. we're mostly yeah. reliable. Lots of room in the back for a kid's seat. Aguero yeah. means Volvo in Argentinian. <laughs> <laughs> um, I still think I still think uh, Van Nistelrooy was more attractive to watch, but as you say, Aguero, just goals are currency, aren't they, in football? It's simple as that, and, and he scores mm-hmm. absolutely bucket loads. Of just, them. just a shame, so... Also on today's today's game, De Bruyne got two assists again. Oh, moves him to 14 this season. Unbelievable pass for one of the goals well, as well. Four, for Jesus 14 this season, so he's six off the most ever, isn't he? At Somri. That's That record still stands, doesn't it? Yeah. He got 20 assists. Yeah. So that that could be one that falls this year. He is just the most outrageous player when he scored. When he put that cross in, me and I were just like, oh my God. Yeah, it was ridiculous. How cross. on earth is he picking out his man from that angle and beating every single defender and making the... I don't know if he meant it. If he did, he's a wizard. But the ball bounced over the defender mm. when it bounced once. So he's he's a machine. Mares has come into form at the right time. You yeah, could say played um, really well. Jesus scoring goals again. Uh, should have had another one. Shame that we conceded, but it's just like we're just beating Villa six one. Really, really good result. Good performance. Good game. But it just doesn't mean anything. Um, it's it's a shame, but. Yeah, Aston Villa losing by six goals to one, doing their goal difference no good. That now takes their goal difference to a worse total than that of Watford, the only team with a worse goal difference, uh, Norwich City. So, you know, Aston Villa to lose to Manchester City wouldn't have been the most unusual of things to have happened, but to lose it by that margin, I think Dean Smith would be looking at things and go, right, we're in, we, they, we really they've got, got a bounce back yeah. in a big way after that. But I do feel a little bit sorry for them. All of the strikers are injured. That's Codger. Oh yeah, Kodja, Wesley, and then they had that that kid who came through and played a couple of League Cup games who got injured. So they've got they're playing Jack Grealish as a false nine, and when you're a team who needs to get the ball out against teams like City and you need an out ball, they don't have anything at the minute. They've got Brighton, Watford, and Bournemouth as the next three games, and that's where they need to pick up some yeah. points because they're going to be in trouble. And it, I don't. I almost don't want them to go down because I, I think hmm. sometimes they can play quite good football, but that was a bit like Fulham last year. They brought in a lot of players and it just doesn't always guarantee yeah. anything. Fulham had illusions of grandeur, though, didn't yeah. they? I think because they were playing such attractive football in the Championship, they thought yeah. it, it automatically you know, mm. be able to do it in the Premiership and obviously they fell short there. And I like Dean Smith. Yeah, but Tom Eaton's been injured, hasn't he? The yeah, goalkeeper. he's and out. I think today they've, they've announced season. that uh, Pepe Reina's signing yeah, for, um, he was there for them today. as well for the season. But they, they're in trouble. Yeah, they're, they, they're just over-reliant. I, I know it's not exactly the most startling and insightful comment, <laughs> but they're just over-reliant on Grealish, aren't they? It's just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, that's it. He, the, and the, it, the, it is one of those players who, I know he's got a lot of goals this season, but it does blow hot and cold. Yeah, and it's yeah. if you're so reliant on him, where you mentioned, they've, okay, they've got injury problems, but you haven't got anyone else no, who's, who's likely to, to win you a, a football match, then you, you get yourselves in all sorts of problems. You look at Palace, and the reason they've done relatively well this season is they haven't just been relying on Wilfred Zaha. No. They've had other players who've mm. stepped up, Ayu and others. The first few who've, months who've of been, the season, yeah. he was non-existent. Exactly, and they, yeah. and they still got results. Whereas if you look at Villa, I mean, it's it's almost just stop Jack Grealish and you've, 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 yeah. you've stopped Villa. Spent over £100 million in the summer as well. well it's, you know, a gamble. It's, it's almost Fulham Mark two, and yeah. the Villa fans are going, oh, we're not going to do a Fulham, just, we're not going to do a Fulham, but it's mm, looking increasingly yeah. likely. I wonder... So they're the they're the team, and I think it will be them and Bournemouth okay. who might get who might get into a real fight for that that last relegation spot. Mm. But there's others that could easily get dragged into it. I just think Villa are in in a period of time now where they've got a second leg of a League Cup semi final, and they played really well at Leicester yeah. in the week. But they played the same team that then played against City, 
and they just don't have much depth. The amount of money they spent, they didn't really build a squad. They built a good a good enough first team probably, but when you get the injuries and you haven't got anyone to back them up, yeah. you're just going to get yourselves into a world of trouble. And it's mm. Dean Smith's, uh, he's one of those lovely guy. Seems like a really nice man, Villa fan. Now's where you see if he's a good manager. Yeah, because I agree. Now, now's if he's a great guy and everyone loves him, but can he manage this football club to keep them up? Mm. Don't know. It'd be a tough task for them, especially with West Ham as well, looking over their shoulders on 22 points. Watford also on 22 points. We'll talk about the rest of the Premier League fixtures on Football Social Daily after this break. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily. Premier League Review. Welcome back to Football Social Daily from the Sport Social. This is your only daily Premier League podcast out there. Make sure you hit subscribe. You'll never miss another show again. However you listen to your podcast, the next episode will drop straight into your inbox. And also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any podcast platform with a review system, go and leave us a review. It will certainly mean a lot to us indeed. And you might even get a shout out on the show in future. Right then, let's run down the rest of the Premier League fixtures that took place this weekend. Let's start with Manchester United 4, Norwich City 0 at Old Trafford. A welcome return to winning ways for Manchester United. Um, We did some work on the United game, didn't we, yesterday, Dave? We mentioned about how, well, I said at the start, I said it was back to business for (laughs) Manchester United. I was getting all sorts of pelters for that. (laughs) Back to business. It's not normal business. It's a 4-0 win over Norwich. That's like stepping foot through the front door. (laughs) for For Manchester United, though, after the sort of debacle in midweek in the derby in the Carabao Cup against Manchester City, you cannot turn your nose up at a victory, even if it is against lowly Norwich. No, not at all. I mean, if United had turned in a nil-nil performance or got beat, I don't think anyone would have been surprised yesterday. So that we actually turned up and got a four-nil win uh, in the start we did, then then I'm really happy with that. And obviously with Wolves drawing and um, getting some injuries on the same day, and we go into a, a, play them on the FA Cup on Wednesday night, it's optimism to build on, and I'd rather that. I mean, you know. Winnings are slim this season. I'm going to celebrate anything I can. Much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially, yeah, like Scotty said, then 4 0 win. You're not going to say, you know, but I, I was at the game and after, even after 10 minutes, you're like, is it going to be one of those days? Yeah. Because I honestly think that had we not got a win, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer would have been under serious pressure. I know that sounds melodramatic for a game against Norwich, but you wonder how many poor results against lower teams we get we can take before Things this, be this asked, board yeah. that's not well known for being a bit trigger happy do 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 something drastic so yes on paper it's a comfortable win but I think there was a lot of pressure going into this game yeah. um, and I think from a sort of looking at the game point of view we benefited from the fact that the likes of Juan Mata and, and Nemanja Matic who are both arguably past it for want of a better expression yeah shone against the team and you know I was stood there a lot of players saying oh you know one matters back to his best and <laughs> Matic is back to his best and you think well are they or is the level of opposition just championship level I think that's a good point honest and because four Norwich names I would pick there. out from that game Mata, Rashford, Greenwood uh, and Martial all four of those players had really good games I mean Greenwood looks it means as a natural finisher as you're going to see for a player that age in the Premier League Rashford having the season of his life. Martial looked a little bit more lively than he normally does. And like you say, I mean, I think you've got high praise for Wan Mata, Scotty, because he was 
you know, he was brilliant, wasn't he, yesterday against Norwich? Yeah, I mean, it just shown what we've been calling out for most of the season. And this is the frustration where Ollie's been putting a lot of um, investment into playing Lingard when the stats haven't necessarily been saying that he should, he, he should be getting in the team. And I think Matt has only played 13 times this season, seven coming on as a sub. Uh, and, and to pick them two passes out are absolutely perfect. And that's, mm. that, that's what our strikers need when, when running, running into the box the way Rashford was yesterday. Um, but yeah, it was great to see him back. And I agree with, uh, with Jay that... He's not going to be able to do that week in, week out because he is the wrong side of 30. But it just shows that moving forward, Solskjaer needs to replace what Mata can do, maybe a bit better on a world-class level. And that's what we need, more creative players. Because we've been calling out for it for so long. We were talking yesterday. It's that mm. we tried it with Mkhitaryan, have a number 10. Mm. Di Maria is a creative player. And um, I know there's all these rumours with Bruno Fernandes. And I don't think that there's just the one player is going to be the make a vast improvement. We, we, we need... Um, Reinforcements across the squad, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy with the four. I know we've got Wolves coming up on Wednesday. And just yeah, plod on. It sounds crackers after a four 0 win, but for me, it's, I think the sort of thing that I was buzzing about was the clean sheet because David de Gea's been up against it. He, he's not had many clean sheets this season mm. at all. Mm. Um, he made a couple of good saves. Good and save from Campbell. Shot, yeah, it? it's yeah. just good for him because uh, bizarrely, I think he does have a bit of a confidence issue, <laughs> which sounds crackers for a thirty odd year old keeper who's arguably. Been, the best Premier League goalkeeper four out of the last five seasons or whatever. But he does, for me, seems to be a little bit nervy at times. And I think he needs a clean sheet. I think the defence as a whole need that just to have that under the belt. And hopefully we can build on it. Like Dave was saying, you know, we've got some big games coming up. We've got Wolves, yeah. we've got the Scousers, um, and we've got a goal I, to the I Etihad think... as well. So... You know, just a bit of confidence boost, even though it is only lowly Norwich, does us all the world of good. I think United needed that. The comfortable win mm. at home gets the fans up gets the players some confidence because going into that Liverpool game, I know you've got a mm. cup replay against Wolves, but going into that Liverpool game, not having won this calendar year, I know we're only two weeks in, there's been a lot of football. It's not good, that. I mean, that no. could Liverpool, if you hadn't won yesterday and you don't win against Wolves, Liverpool could have finished Solskjaer. Yeah, so you're looking yeah, at yeah, run yeah, yeah, City yeah. and Liverpool yeah, yeah, and you don't beat yeah. Norwich and then you get knocked out of the cup as well. Yeah. God, that's, that's it's a bad job. week, isn't that's it? And yeah. A 1-0 wouldn't have been anywhere near as good as a 4-0. No, no, you only get no. three points at the and end I, of the day, but to win emphatically means a lot more. From a City point of view, Rashford is phenomenal. Like, And Mika Richards was on Sky and he, he put it a little bit uh, more biasedly than this, but if you put some creative players behind him, and stick him down the middle, off the left. He's going to score thirty goals. That's what we were saying to, to Niall yesterday. If, if it, like he's having the be- his best ever season, There's and look at and look, look at the squad that he's got, he's, he's got behind you, him. You put a good number ten behind him and a midfielder who can play balls through. Mm. He'll get it's thirty like, goals. You just mentioned there about Lingard. And I've been one of Jesse Lingard's biggest fans over the years. I have, despite the fact you know obviously it's all going wrong for him. But a whole calendar year without an assist was it? And a goal, yeah. you know. And he's played a lot of games during that calendar year. 20, 20 not games not every season. game, but he's played it's a lot. Poor, and you've it? got Marcus Rashford, who is still managing to bang in goals in a team that's been mm. struggling a lot. And it's not just with Rashford. He's five goals. years younger as well. It, yeah, mm. you know, he was he was the captain. The flair and... He's the captain the other night. He's the talisman. He's the one that everyone's yeah. looking to now. And there's a lot, lot of responsibility. Of it's like Grealish, you were saying. That yeah. that United, United are now, it's like, okay, you know, Rashford's the one that's going to make everything happen. And especially last season, towards the end of last season, he was playing with injuries. I mean, I always go back to the game yeah. against Liverpool because he was hobbling around the pitch. Yeah. Now, we'd made three substitutes, to be fair, but he's hobbling around, carrying an injury, still playing, mm. still helping us get a point which turned out to be seminal in the title race for them. Well, I said this about Greenwood as he well. I credit. Mean, it, it, Greenwood, there's a lot of pressure on him. We mentioned it from the start of the season. Manchester United, we're in January now. The squad is paper thin. We could see Young depart 
this month. We could see possibly Matic leave this month as well. I, mean, I think that would be madness to let Matic go. Manche- Honestly, I, I never thought I'd say that three weeks ago. But I think if we let Matic go now, that is absolutely crap. Manchester United fans must be really sort of concerned about how the next two and a half weeks are going to pan yeah. out. Because to be honest with you, I mean, to put that much pressure on Greenwood, and we said it yesterday, David, that, you know, for him to be so good at such a young age and come in and score goals, like, you know, it's bread and butter for him. But, you know, that's a lot of pressure to put on two yeah, young if, if he has a, If Greenwood has a run and doesn't score any goals in four or five yeah. games and then gets dropped for a significant period of time. It's a weird time. He's obviously a very, very good footballer and he scores goals for fun. But if he doesn't score for a bit and the pressure's on and United need a second striker, it's, is that good for you at that age? I don't know. No, it's not, not, I, I, I said exactly the same sort of thing yesterday. It's not, it's not good. You don't need to be putting that pressure on the young lad yeah. and that, that, that can ruin careers or delay, or delay progression to put that, mm. put that upon him. I'd rather do bobbins for the rest of the season and then look at the bigger picture, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's clinical. It's got the precision of a surgeon the, the way he finds fi- the net. I mean, it's, it was a half chance again yesterday. Yeah, It wasn't yeah. even a, a good yeah. chance. It was yeah, a half he, chance. He picked his and, spot and he just out. made it look easy. Mm. He just passed it into the net. Are you yeah. worried about are you, are you worried about this squad? I would be. If I was I'm, I'm worried about the squad. Fan. I'm not, funnily enough, I'm not quite on, as worried about Mason Greenwood. I think he's that good. Right. I'm quite happy for him to play But, I mean, games. Young possibly but leaving, it looks like he's going to The squad in total. I mean, Ashley Young, again, I'm not really bothered about him because Brandon Williams and, and Luke Shaw, although I'm not Luke Shaw's biggest fan, um, you've, we've got other options there. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, if we let, say, Matic go, that would be crackers. Now, for any other club, you'd be thinking, Matic, you know, you can let him go. But we've got so few options yeah, yeah. in midfield. Andres Pereira hasn't been great this season, and he's a regular. Jesse Lingard, it pains me to say, been almost non-existent, other than a good game at Spurs mm-hmm. and against City. He's in and out of the team. Mm-hmm. We're just so threadbare, and we've got youngsters in midfield especially, but they're not ready yet. No. Garner and, and uh, um, Dylan Levitt, sorry, aren't ready for the first team, so we can't rely on them. And it, <laughs> the mad thing is, I was certain Scotty before we went on air, Fred, now, who three months ago I wasn't even sure was a, was a Premier League player, <laughs> yeah. is now absolutely essential to us. And that's yeah. not a criticism of him. It's crazy because he's been outstanding. But if anything happened to him, we'd be, you know, proper mid-table tackle. Here's a question, hypothetical. If you get knocked out by Wolves in the week and get beat by City in the second leg, do you pull the trigger and go for Poch now? Or do you wait? Because basically the season's over. And I... I genuinely think that if you go out of both those tournaments, you've got fourth to play for, but it's looking tough. Do you then go, we'll get Poch in so he can get used to what's going on and he can plan for summer now? Or do you wait? I, 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 I Personally, I think wait, and there's two, a couple of reasons. One, I think Ollie's brought in a lot of these young players. Yeah, and I think giving, like, Williams now is pr- practically a first-teamer. It's what he wants to Mason do, Mason Greenwood it? is more or less a first-teamer. Some of the other players I've mentioned, Angel Gomez, you could maybe throw into the mix, who've been in and around the first team. And I think him seeing it through to the end of the season, bedding these players in, would help them. Um, secondly, I think it just smacks of a club just in complete disarray. We're getting rid of another manager halfway through the season. And I think Ollie's probably done enough to deserve to take it to the end of the season. And also, as Scott was saying earlier, top four's not gone. It's not like, if we were in eighth and we have these, um, we got knocked out of both cups, then you think, all right, there's nothing to play for. We're still in the Europa. You win the Europa, you get Champions League football. So, yes, we could get knocked out of the semi-finals of the League Cup. Is that against City? Is that that bad? Not really. Yeah, OK, getting knocked out of the Cup against Wolves two seasons in a, in a row isn't great. But there's still something to play for in the Europa and there's still something to play for in the league. So, for those reasons, I'd, I'd let Oli see it through to the end of the season. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not Ollie's uh, biggest fan by any stretch, but I think we probably need to... We'd keep him to the end of the season. I, I personally think that... 
what he's doing at the moment is is getting rid of a lot of the uh, deadwood, and mm. I think we will see Poch anyway, regardless of what 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 uh, what, what we do this season. This summer, I, I, I think Poch will be United manager next season. You, you said something fascinating him. yesterday. You said we just got to suck it up this season. That, that, that's pretty it, much take it, it on the chin. It's going to be one of those seasons where it's going to be a grimace for United fans. Again, and you kind of have to get listen, to grips listen, with it. Listen, grin, grin yeah. and bear it in May. Like, other than Liverpool, everyone's going to be grinning and bear it. Trust me, it's going to be absolutely horrible. <laughs> Where are we going? The league. It's, <laughs> it's honestly a, fant- a fascinating predicament. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next two and a half weeks brings for Manchester United, let alone the rest of the season. As for Norwich, we Twitter should probably touch now. on them. <laughs> yeah, uh, another one. Come after the Liverpool game. Yeah, yeah. after oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. that. Are we closing the book on Norwich City's latest gone, chapter in the gone, Premier League? Down. Yeah. Down. Do you know what I yeah. feel sorry for? And, and no. because, I because Daniel Park does my head in. <laughs> no, Daniel because Park even yesterday, like the, obviously they're getting hammered at Old Trafford and they're still trying to do the right things, but, but that's they just their haven't, issue. They haven't got the players to do it. That, no. That's their you issue. Know, I mean, if you're looking at Campwell as as though he's your Grealish. You're in trouble. Yeah, that, and that's, it's, that's it's almost not what they were doing. He had a decent chance, though, didn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah that's, that's what I mean. But he's not. Yeah. He's you know he's barely Premier League level, and he's almost the one they're relying on now. Yeah. And it's, it's okay. you're they, always going to be. In all they've sorts got a of couple of really nice players. They try and play the. <laughs> there you go. You probably got some nice, really nice players. That is the problem. Lovely lads. And, and have them round for tea. And they were always <laughs> going to be one of the top teams. It just so happened to be us, for God's sake. But they. Yeah, but anyone can beat. They're they're down. They're all. Even we beat. Yeah, that's true. Keezy's in. Keezy's inviting they're, Todd Campwell over for turkey dinosaurs. They're down. <laughs> they're, they look. They look dead nice. Their biggest. <laughs> this is bad, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's their biggest it's issue is that they try. They try and play good football with a team who can't play. Yeah. The good football, and yeah. he hasn't realised twenty-two games into the season. Well, we said this in they the pre- can't do it. We said this on the podcast back in September, and Norwich fans really came after us for it. So I well, don't want good to take satisfaction in proving you've won right, three but, games this season. Yeah, yeah one anyway, um, Spurs versus Liverpool. Liverpool after winning nobody the game one nil. <laughs> Fourteen points clear at the top of the Premier League. You say nobody cares, but I was going to come on to this. Last season's Didn't Champions it. League finalists in a Premier League rematch. This is the game that of the weekend that you really should be getting excited see, about the most. See more spark on a Sunday league pitch. Yeah, honestly, it's the game that you think that you would be the most excited about this Premier League weekend. Two teams who, you know, last season, as I said, reached the Champions League final. For whatever reason, every Liverpool game since October, I've not been bothered with. And that's not because they're not a good team. They're a brilliant team. It's just because you just know what's going to happen. And Spurs, they've been underwhelming for 18 months. So it's just one of those games which should have been exciting and it completely wasn't. The way I described it earlier on was like, when Tiger Woods is in the lead in a golf tournament going into the final day, you know he's going to win the tournament. And it's like it's not the fact that Tiger Woods isn't a good golfer to watch. He's the best golfer that's ever lived. But it's just one of those things where you just know the outcome's inevitable and the game should have been exciting and it just completely wasn't. Is there a danger of this Premier League season in terms of the title race at the top end becoming already a little bit... <laughs> it's already gone. Thin. That happened in December. Yeah, they... About- that was, yeah, Liverpool are doing what we did two seasons ago, but doing it even more brutally yeah. than we did. They, I don't think they'll lose a game, which is hard. It's going to be very hard to take in May. But Spurs, somebody said it, and I, I don't know who said it on Sky, but they've absolutely nailed it. Under Poch, they were one or two players away from fighting for the title and giving it a proper push. Now, they're four or five players away, and they've got the same squad. They've gone backwards... And I don't blame any on any of it on Mourinho yet, but they just look, they look fragile, and 
I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's gone on there, but it well, just it looks odd. To be fair, they had lots of chances yesterday. Yeah, they did. Or by lots, I mean more than one, and missed a couple of setters. You saw Mourinho on his knees at one point because he was so frustrated with the strikers. Kane's out till April. They're going to end up signing mm. uh, somebody as a panic to sort out that that front. And you knew what was going to happen yesterday. Liverpool just get one bounce of the ball and they'll score a really nice goal, and then that's it. Mm. The they just there's, don't. There's, they don't look beatable. The sad it's, thing is, I got a message this morning saying that the United Liverpool game was postponed, and I was panicking because I thought if that's postponed till March or whatever, they could win the title. You know where they're going to win it. They could, oh, they could, I thought man. they could win the title in front of us, and it was actually the women's game that had been postponed. The United women yeah, were playing yeah. Liverpool mm-hmm. women today. But my fear is obviously they're going to they're going to win the game soon. They're going to win the title, and I'm just glad we play them in January. They're going to win it against us. They're going to win it our place because if you're playing them in April. The chances are there's a good, you know, they've got every opportunity to lift the, the title because it's not a case of if, it's just when in it. It's, it's become a procession. And these starts that are going on and the greatest mm. sort of starts we see, or the greatest season in the history of football. The top five it, European leagues. It's just sickening. Yeah, and, and I actually thought, unlike you guys, I actually thought Tottenham could have got something out of against there. I, I had a little bit of hope. The Mourinho. Maybe, yeah, yeah Mourinho, he could mm. just do what he's done in the past, what he did famously at Anfield in 2014, just park the bus, time waste, do everything he can in his Mourinho-type armoury to just grind out some sort yeah, of but, result. But it didn't happen. They weren't and even putting tackles that, in. You know, like... No. They were about from, a second half, though, weren't they? they should have yeah. got something out of the yeah, game. Yeah, they they had ample done. chances. And, and I don't know why he's still playing Ericsson. Ericsson is a phenomenal footballer and has been in the Premier he League. He knows he's off. He knows he's off. Mm. And as soon as they took him off and Lo Celso and Lamella came on, they started creating chances. Yeah. Ericsson is cruising there, and I think starting him there was, mm. was silly. We saw, we saw in the Arsenal versus Crystal Palace silly. game, Pierre-Enrique Aubameyang got sent off. Um, his yellow card was upgraded by VAR to a red card after a nasty challenge. You mentioned as well, Dave, on Twitter that you felt that Robertson's challenge. I mean, we've seen. I mean, that was a nasty that was one. Ridiculous. I can't believe Gary Lineker was saying that it was never. That you can't see the context out of this image. I've, I've watched it about five hundred times. It was definitely sending off. And, and, and <laughs> you, 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 five hundred times. I really, really like Robertson. <laughs> when, when you look, I just like Liverpool. Well, the way you've been for the last day. You know? <laughs> when you look yeah. in, you look in, yeah. and it's every bounce of the ball. It's it's every tackle. It's every uh, it's every decision it's every offside sometimes you just it's, you all know, of them when, when you look at was it the crystal palace game where it was the push the goal got this yeah. for the push yeah. and yesterday you see exactly the same thing and the goal stands yeah. it's it is frustrating just as a i know i'm not much of an outsider because obviously i don't want liverpool to win the league yeah. but as an outsider watching this it is frustrating and annoying but <laughs> let's not kill ourselves liverpool's still gone won the league and no, do you know, way. even do you know without what? all this help do you know what they they they'd win it without any decisions because they are the best team in the league. By is, is Liverpool way. winning the league more inevitable than Norwich going down? Which one's going to happen? Which one's more likely to happen? <laughs> Both. Probably on the same day. No, Norwich go down before Liverpool win the league. David? Fucking the ball, the ball for inevitable, yeah, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Yeah. Liverpool have already, it's gone. No, no, it's no. About, no, no it's Liverpool, about as inevitable as each other, that's what I suppose is what I'm Norwich have a slim chance, right, of surviving. Liverpool have no chance of not winning the league. None. Wow. None there, whatsoever. There is, they've got a game in hand and the 14 yeah. points clear. They could now start playing the reserves from now until the end of the season. They're still in the league. Even the reserves are quite good. Yeah. It's, it's really frustrating, but it's been coming for two years. Mm. They, they were eventually going to get the right team that clicks. And they got close last year and they were decent the year before. And you only, and you only get one title. So it doesn't matter how yeah. many, you know, they can win it by 50 points and still only get one, it's one gonna, trophy. It's yeah. still only got the same amount of Premier Leagues as Leicester. Can it's going to feel, it's going to feel like more than one trophy <laughs> when we win it. Oh yeah, because it'll be ran down your throat every, oh, every, every, every five It'll be like Arsenal Invincibles all over again. Can I just ask though, do, do you think that the, 
competition that's in the league, that the, the league that they're winning and running away with, is that down to how how the lack of competition within? Because everyone's falling off, aren't they? The Spurs aren't having a good season. Arsenal, Chelsea, they, and stuff. They've, so got it on, saying, they've got it right in the right season, like when we did. Only in, City were ever going to be contenders. To same with this that, season. that yeah. league when we won it, and United were nineteen points behind. And that wasn't even. I'm not not being disrespectful. Well, that wasn't even a very good Manchester United team. No, I it, mean, it, we lost it, a lot of it, games. It wasn't that season as close to, as City and Liverpool are now. Those two was it? It was no. nowhere near. Yeah, the, like that. the two teams are very equally matched. They're just getting a much better tune at the minute. Even with, and it's funny, even like you, when the, the sort of cards fall into place for you, they fall in so many different ways. We've gone on about VAR. Injuries. Also, injuries. Mad. They never we, get in, Like, you look at that front three. Eight and, games they've missed. And, like, normally your strikers, your attackers, mm. especially players that play like that, mm. pick up knocks, you know, over the course of a season. Yeah. We lost, we've lost Martial most of the season. Sane. United, Sane. And yet they don't. They seem to play every week. And it's just like. Van Dyke's played every single game since he joined in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> Some questions no, will be asked. No, no, what is going on? It's inevitable. You had the magic doctor over at Etihad. They borrowed him. <laughs> they borrowed him. Uh, Liverpool uh, we... play City at the Etihad on the 4th of April. That's your chance, right? To stop it being an invincible season, to stop it being whatever record breaking number of points season, and to postpone and winning it in front of you. Or stop is... and winning it in front oh. of you, I should book, say. Book your flights for that evening. Is that Easter weekend? Yeah. Do, 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 imagine the papers, they have risen again. Oh! <laughs> We're going to have to move on now. <laughs> We're moving on to the heights of Crystal Palace 1, Arsenal 1. Um, the early game on Saturday. I can't believe what I've just heard. There's no sick buckets in the studio, unfortunately, for, uh, for these manks here in the studio. But um, Arsenal 1, Crystal Palace 1. Crystal Yay. Palace again just getting results. Arsenal again showing that they've been underwhelming this season. I don't think there's really too much to write home about in this fixture. I mean, if someone said to me before the game, it's going to be 1-1, I would have gone. Yeah. I still, right. still wouldn't have watched it. <laughs> yeah. No, the... Nah, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the, thing, the, the thing is, right... <laughs> I mean, I got sent off. I'll give, credit, I'll give credit to Hodgson because we were sat on this show a few... And we said they were going to drop back. And we said, oh, yeah, we said this is it now. They'd started to lose a few games. We said, oh, Saha's not, he's been his usual self. The other players that have stepped up can't keep up that level of form. They're going to start dropping. And they haven't. I mean, they're, they're comfortably in, in ninth, which for them, no disrespect to him, is very good. Arsenal, it's a mess. And Arteta, no matter how good a coach he is and how good a manager he is, and I've no doubt he's very progressive and he's got some great ideas, it is going to take a long time to sort that mess out because that club is a shambles from top to bottom. And you can't just come in and fix it overnight. I think everyone after the United game, when he beat us comfortably, was like, oh, you can see what he's doing already. This is fantastic. He's getting a tune out of Pepe. Aubameyang will always get you goals. That was bounce. Yeah. they've, They've turned a corner and they haven't. It's, it, you know, the best thing for Arsenal this season is to sort of get to the end of the season and rebuild because... They've got to be patient. To, we said this on the show when bring in a few players. when Arteta got there. They've got to give him this season off, basically. Yeah, this season, right. yeah. work out who your players are who want to play for you. Get rid of the, the bad ones is and plan. But Arsenal fans, I don't know if they've got the patience. Is there a benefit to Arteta coming in now rather than them sticking with yes. Emery till the end of the season? Much like yeah. Rodgers did halfway through last season, yeah. Yeah. came into Leicester. Now this season they've seen the benefit. Because Emery was a dead man walking. The, the oh, players didn't respect yeah. him, the fans hated it was, him. Even from a, looking at it from a point of view where you don't really care, it looked I mean. felt embarrassed for him. Yeah, I, was, I felt mean. sorry for him. Bullying. Was it was lot. always bullying, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like all these stories coming out. Even And the media didn't help as well. Like the whole good evening mm. thing and like mm. taking the mick out into his face. I also thought, he doesn't deserve this. He's not a horrible person. He's just a manager who's not very good. Yeah. But yeah, you know, They've the, just the got culture a, there, the culture there was rotten. Yeah, yeah. They've, he's got the rest of the season to work out who the bad eggs are and get rid of them. And then they've got to back him. But I do fear for him 
And I know he's only four or five games into his tenure, but we know what Arsenal fans are like. They'll turn if they lose a few games and whether they'll have the patience to give him 18 months to work his team out, who knows. Last couple of games we're going to go through. Everton against Brighton and Chelsea versus Burnley. Let's start at Stamford Bridge where Callum Hudson-Odoi was amongst the scorers for Chelsea as they beat Burnley by three goals to nil. Welcome win for Lampard. Chelsea's results over Christmas weren't exactly the best. Finally, they got themselves back to winning ways. As for Burnley, we mentioned it earlier on in the show when talking about Eddie Howe. Sean Dyche and Burnley uh, are really starting to struggle in terms of their results. However, this seems to happen every season, Dave. It's just like... Bernie will win a few, lose a few, win a few, lose a few, but they always tend to be all right. Yeah, I mean, I think Dyche was saying uh, this week that this is his greatest ever season, con- considering where they were, where they were last season, and he thinks he's, he's picked them up and uh, to keep them to keep them up this season will be with some achievement. Same as Bournemouth, in it. I mean, it's just you, you, uh, as a Burnley fan, we like you know, can we do something further? Can can we go anywhere else? And I like, bet Dyche's ambitions as well. Surely that's got to be a mindset as a Burnley fan. You can you can't be happy with sitting in the Premier League. I bet League. Burnley fans hate watching half of the table. I bet I bet even Burnley fans hate watching Burnley. What's there? What has there been to achieve? I mean, I don't I hate. It's always easy to compare it to the own club you support. But when Portsmouth are in the Premier League, we won an FA Cup. They, they which, finished uh, when we got, and we got into yeah, the Europa League, which is as good as anything we could have asked for. I think I'd rather that, and then we've gone down subsequently through all the leagues, but I'd rather that than be sat and finish 15th every year. Dead, dead club. But you don't win anything Sean Sean Dyche, is, he did very well for two years playing playing some style of football. It was it was, <laughs> it was a style. the compliments yeah, yeah. today. <laughs> I don't think yeah, I've been on play. a podcast where one man's managed to offend every other <laughs> play, club. Do you, know what? Sort of football. do you know what? We've got to that point with Burnley now where I'm bored. Do you know what the, you know what Sean, it is though as well with Burnley? Don't underestimate how much Burnley fans will be happy with this as long as Blackburn are a league below them. Yeah, and that seriously, says, that seriously, says that that rivalry everything. and that bitterness towards yeah. each other is unreal. You know I used what, to cover then? it, and it is brilliant. It is. It's one of the highest arrest yeah. rates in football at that game when they used to play each other. Brilliant because they they hate each other, so they will probably be settling for finishing just above the relegation no, sac- zone, knowing that Blackburn aren't in the Premier League. Yeah. Sack that. Send them down, and they can play each other twice a season. They've lost four games in a row. Sean Dyche almost refuses to evolve that team. It's the same team. To play the same British way. British and Irish players. But I just, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm sick to death of seeing Sean Dyche get angry because they've conceded from a set piece or, or arguing about yeah. a decision. Arguing about a decision. A decision. He loves arguing oh. about shouting a decision. At, shouting at a Klopp or a Pep because they won three 0 but there might have been a handball <laughs> near the, the goal line. He's that team is tired. He, it, but it's same with how. You know, he's, like, he's got a free pass. They should do a managerial swap and send Eddie Howe oh, up to well, Burnley. They had Eddie Howe at Burnley. He's not very well thought of. No, 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 Sean, no. Sean Dyche down, down at Bournemouth. Before we disrespect him too much, he's he's done very well there. Yeah, It's just a bit like the Bournemouth syndrome where they've got very, very it is, safe. It is, he's quite, good at what he's good at, isn't and, he? And let's not forget with Burnley, they... Bournemouth do spend a bit of money. Yeah. Burnley, Burnley don't, don't spend yeah. any, really. Do they? Yeah, they spend some like maybe it's about pennies. time that they did. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know the sort of the financial like, situation. Give, I just don't think they've got. Give that. me some I ambition. I don't give no. me some ambition or I don't think Burnley are in the right place Something. and position. I, I think I, they're I very proud of their they're very proud of their foundations as a club. Yeah, they're very well involved with the community still, as most Premier League Good clubs academy. are. But in terms of in, in terms of what they've got investment wise, I don't think they've got it in the locker to be yeah. able to splash twenty million on a player from the Championship like a Bournemouth can. One for positive 
Dwight McNeil looks quite good. He does. Yeah, and he, he'll stay up. He could end up. think they'll stay up. I think this is the season they go. Oh wow! So Bournemouth, Watford, Bournemouth, no, no, Bournemouth Norwich, and Burnley. I'm having yeah, Norwich, Bournemouth, Burnley. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I'll change that next time I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> Final game we're going to talk about Everton versus Brighton. Carlo Ancelotti. A lot of talk in the week, Jay, about the bust up at the training ground between him and Delph and the senior players at Everton. Ancelotti after just four games. Keezy shaking his head, but I would be inclined to do the same. This is a man who's won everything in the modern game, one of the best managers we've seen in the last 20 years of professional football in Europe. And, you know, we've got these players like Fabian Delft, Morgan Schneidlin, Jordan Pickford telling this manager who's won it with AC Milan a couple of times, won the Champions League three times, you know, what the right thing is for the club. Um, a good win for Ancelotti. The thing is, the question was, whether was he going to drop those players that kind of stood up to him at the training ground? He decided not to. Is that simply because he couldn't afford to? Because Everton are down towards the bottom of the table and they just don't have the depth to do that. I think it is exactly that. I don't think the Everton do have much of a squad. They don't have much depth. We saw it against Liverpool in the cup, didn't they? Where Liverpool rested. It was almost like Liverpool's youth team, yeah. B team wasn't even the reserves for some of those players, and they still couldn't get a win. So, I mean, you know, you're naming players like Jordan Pickford and, and one of the worst midfielders I've ever seen in a red shirt, in Morgan oh, Schneider, yeah. an absolute passenger, and for them to be going up against one of the most successful club managers in the history of association football yes. is just ridiculous. They're a mess. Yeah, Everton yeah. are a mess. But they got the win. They beat Brighton yeah, by a goal great, to nil. Great. Yeah, but... And they needed it. They needed it after that, that uh, Liverpool game. But yeah. honestly, that that Liverpool game is... I would have been disgusted as an Everton fan. If they haven't won at Anfield since God knows when. like 20 years. 99. 20 years. So yeah. not win a derby game. Right? At Anfield for it, 20 uh, years. Uh, even yeah. when City dropped down two divisions lower we than still us, beat they them. still beat us when they played them. Yeah. But they, That's ridiculous. They had the best chance yeah. they've had in all that time to beat them. And they rolled over and died in the second half. They've not won and a game at Anfield since Kevin Campbell was playing for Everton. Scrap most of that team because it's it's dead wood. I think that'll happen. Though. I think I hope we're, so. We're, we're but they've invested so much. FFP surely needs to come into this at some point. Mm, nah. Um, I'm not, well, where there's money, there's way in him. He's yeah. Man City doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're talking about Arsenal. I don't think that, that Arteta will get the investment from his board as um, Ancelotti mm. will do at Everton. And they, I, and I really think that the Everton board do want to make a success, a success of it. Ancelotti's got pedigree um, and I don't think he suffers fools and, and to include Schneiderlin and Cole in, in the team was just to, to, to make up the numbers to get through the game be interesting end of the season I think there'll be a load that's shipped out from there I hope mm. I hope so for their sake Richarlison's goal was brilliant though the, we should say that I, I'm surprised that the Everton fans didn't lose their minds more than they did and they properly lost their minds but mm. The, <laughs> I think they must, just, you must as an Everton fan you must run out of steam sometimes it's just like <sighs> just, yeah, you get one of the managers like the greatest managers ever comes to Everton and you think God, we've got Carl Ancelotti. This is amazing. And the next thing you know, him and Jordan Pickford are having a scrapping training. You're like, why are we bothering? Because yeah. they've just lost to three, three sixteen-year-old kids. Yeah, at Liverpool. it must yeah. be so deflating from an Everton point of view. But, but I don't blame the, the, the goal fans. was good. The goal was good, and um, Brighton, as everyone knows, my love for Graham Potter goes on. <laughs> um, Brighton are very patchy. They've they've won one in the last five, but they have won a game recently, which Bournemouth and Norwich haven't done. So I think Brighton. Might be okay. They're still in. They're in that bracket though. Where yeah. Four defeats he's on got, the bounce. He's got to be a little bit careful though, Potter. In the yeah. sense of, he's like a, to lesser extent like Norwich. They do play nice. Willie football. Budge. Willie Budge. That's and, the and, it, and it's and it's when it start you start mm, the results yeah. start going against you. Do you have to adapt? Because I don't want to keep bringing it back to United, but it's my point. Main point of reference is when they played us. We we had a relatively comfortable win, one, and he yep. was still quite. He still praised his team, and he was still trying to play that certain way. And you think sometimes you've got to do a bit of a Burnley, mm. roll your sleeves up, and just get dig stuck. out results. Well, well, how's um, this for four? Fixtures? I don't know if they'll do it. 
Villa at home, Bournemouth away, West Ham away, oh. Watford at home. Wow. They've got the four teams uh, below them. Massive. The, the next few weeks in the Premier League are going to be absolutely That's massive. Exciting. I can't wait. Here's the Premier League table. Liverpool top of the table, 61 points, 14 clear of second place Manchester City. Leicester two points behind them in third on 45. And there's a six-point gap for the rest of the top four where there's Chelsea in fourth position on 39 points. Behind them, Manchester United on 34 in fifth. Then Sheffield United, Wolverhampton Wanderers and Tottenham Hotspur make up sixth to eighth. Ninth is Crystal Palace on 29 points. A cluster of teams on 28. Arsenal, Everton and Southampton now up to 12th place, all in 20, all on 28 points. Newcastle United uh, on 26 points, as are Brighton and Hove Alpine on 24, just a point, uh, just a place below them in 14th. As for Burnley, they're 15th on 24 also. And as we get towards the relegation zone, West Ham and Watford just hanging above the drop zone, 16th and 17th place respectively. Watford out of the bottom three for the first time this whole season. Aston Villa, Bournemouth and Norwich complete the bottom three but for these lads Manchester <laughs> Derby coming up that's, that's a world away mate Is we've it? got a cup replay against Wolves at home and then which I think you're going to see a record low attend out, attendance yeah. sorry turn out Old Trafford um, I shudder to think what it's going to be like um, on Wednesday and then we've got a trip to Anfield which oh, you know I, I'm looking forward to please like a trip. please I please. think more win. to the dentist I really think more win I know, I know I'm deluded and I drunk think, but I think, I think, I think <laughs> <laughs> uh, I th- which one or both both <laughs> always I, I, think, I think we need need to give you a lie down no yeah. no, if, no if you do win no, but I mean, as a United fan, I know, I know the league's gone and stuff, but just to put a dent and, you know... The, the, just the, get rid the, of the, the invincibles. Yeah, if if we win, right, it'll be like... You remember years ago, don't you, but young, when you beat us 3-1 in, like, 2003 and you yes. released a DVD of it? Yeah, we did, yeah. Sure, I, right. we, I will... I will <laughs> make, we, we need it. We, yeah, I've got that yeah, DVD. Remember, yeah, remember We need to bring the DVD out. That's what it'll be. It'll be like United, we, when we went to Anfield yeah. in January and won... One one nil. One one nil with an own goal. VAR assisted own goal. I'll tell you what, I'll snap your hand off you off of me that now. Seriously. So would I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that DVD is called Remember, Remember the 9th of November. Wow. And it, it's probably still available to buy on the City Store because that's what we're like. <laughs> so, <laughs> this has been Football Social Daily. Niall McCorn here with me alongside me has been Jay. We've had David Scott. We've had Adam Keyworth as well. Thanks for listening in at home. Make sure you subscribe. You'll never miss another episode again. If you do that, also follow us on Twitter at The Sports Social. We'll be back every single day next week. And also the week after, we'll be covering all of the midweek Premier League fixtures. It's starting to hot up in the top flight. Looking forward to it. Make sure you tune in again tomorrow for more. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.